I want to be helping folks working at businesses, like women and underrepresented folks. Ideally, I build this as a product that helps everyone at the company. But by doing that, it levels the playing field so that women and underrepresented folks are actually getting a fighting chance at getting promotions and getting recognition for the work they're doing. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. What is your team culture like? What is your leadership style? How do you make decisions? These are all questions my client was recently asked. These questions came from different people, their current team, people who they were interviewing, who wanted to work for them, even their mentee. They all wanted to know, what's it like to work for you, to learn from you? And when I started working with this client, they had some generic answers that they could speak to each of these questions, but sometimes they weren't as confident in their answers as they'd like to be. Now they're able to confidently describe with examples, the cultures of their team their leadership style and how they make decisions aligned to what's important to them by describing their values, how they model those values and how they reward and recognize those behaviors. Can you answer those questions for yourself? Let's dig into these together. Join us in the catch crew, a place to grow your career intentionally, to get the skills to intentionally grow your career and your teams through your own leadership. When you join, you get instant access to team building tools, including values first, the course, a video-based course that highlights the most important exercises from my book, values first. You get the tools you need to build the life, career, and team culture that you want. Go to the catchgroup.com slash catch crew. That's the catchgroup.com slash catch crew. Welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. I'm really excited for you to meet our guest this week, Ashni Shah. She's a multinational citizen of the world. She was born and grew up in Kenya before moving to Canada for university. She's proud to call both countries home and looks to bring her technical knowledge and expertise from Canada to Kenya. Ashni has previously worked as a software engineer at companies like Amazon, Microsoft, and Square, and is currently the founder of HypeDocs. Ashni is on a mission to build a better tomorrow and does this through her work with startups and volunteer work. She especially enjoys focusing on getting more girls and women into STEM, as well as looking into how to bring more tech to help developing countries like Kenya. Ashni has been recognized with awards such as the top 50 inspiring women in STEM in Canada. In this episode, we talked about Ashley's career and how she followed her values and her passion to make the decision to leave corporate to move into entrepreneurship. We also talked about how during her career, how one manager shared a simple way to capture her wins in a document so that she wouldn't forget her impacts or accomplishments and how she built upon that idea to eventually create Hype Docs. We talked about the power of reminding yourself of your own accomplishments and how that can be fuel for your continued growth and as a way to fight imposter syndrome. We talked about how her company now works to bring technology to other companies and communities to automate that process of reminding you of your wins, keeping you motivated and on target to meet your goals. I loved this conversation because Ashley and I connected on the importance of advocating for yourself and making it easier for women and people of color and all leaders really to do that with scalable technology that organizations can use. Let's get started.
Well, Ashley, I want to welcome you to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Laura. Lovely to meet you. Yeah, I'm really excited that you're here and this has been many months in the making. So I was able to find out about you and I love everything that you're doing. So I read about your career and about what you're doing with Hype Docs. And it's just really exciting to see technology kind of catching up with some of the things that we've been talking about a lot on this podcast in terms of rewarding and recognizing and um, just giving positive feedback and all the things. Um, And I love that you're making it easier. So I cannot wait to dig in to all of the things. But before we do that, I want to just hear more about you, your career, your life growing up. So I'd love to invite you to tell us a little bit more about your story. Absolutely. Um, we might need a whole separate podcast just for this, but you know, we'll, we'll see where we go. Okay. So yeah. Um, hey everyone. My name is Ashni. I was born and grew up in Kenya, which very few people will ever guess right. And so if you can visually see me, I'm, I'm Indian looking and my ancestors are from India, but they migrated to Kenya four or five generations ago. And so um, that's where they've been living. My parents are still out there. My sister is as well. And um, I had a really incredible childhood there. Like, it's one of those things where for my kids in the future, I would almost want them to grow up there over anywhere else in the world as well. Uh, we got to do crazy things like, um, like our school trips weren't just to a chocolate factory or something like that. We would also go hiking out into the wildlife areas and, you know, learn how local Maasai tribes and traditions Uh, worked and it was amazing to see that type and style of culture while also being you know like also being ingrained into the Indian culture and as well as uh, we we have bigger ties to UK so the British culture and now that I'm here in Canada the Canadian culture as well so that's that's one thing that I'm I'm really grateful for is just being exposed to so many different areas of the world and then for university, I chose to move out here to University of Toronto, uh, which is in Toronto. Shocker, I know. And um, I studied computer science. I ended up getting some amazing co-op or internship opportunities. And then after graduating, I worked full time as a software engineer for a few years. So like as an intern, I worked at Amazon. Uh, I also worked at a company called Orlando, which is a foreign currency trading company. <laughs> Very few people have heard of it unless you're in the forex trading business. And then I also did some other internships at like non-technical companies. Uh, So one of them is Kingsway Tires, which is a company back in Kenya. Uh, And then once I joined the industry full-time, I ended up joining Microsoft and then Square. Uh, I left Square right before the pandemic hit. And I I left them because I was living in Kitchener at the time and uh, Kitchener-Waterloo. And I wasn't enjoying the the lifestyle I had there. Like I'm a big city girl and Kitchener is just not a big city. So my plan was to move, like travel for a month or two, come back to Toronto, settle, and then find a job. And with, you know, the the network I'd been building and my experience, I wasn't worried about getting a job. And then COVID hit and that that made all of the plans change. (laughs) I personally think they changed for the better for me, but, um, you know, who, who knows, who knows what would have happened if I'd stuck around. I was really fortunate to have some job offers on hand at the time, but ended up deciding to kind of pursue the entrepreneurial path and start my own company instead. And three years later, we're still here. We're still fighting and I'm having the time of my life doing it. I would love to dig in on a couple of those things. Thank you so much for sharing that story. When you were in that, it sounds like kind of a pivotal time when you left Square, you had, you know, these plans that didn't work out, but then you also had job offers and then decided to go down the entrepreneurial path. What, what were the things that were kind of on the table that you were considering and what made you ultimately decide to go down the entrepreneurial path? So I think one of the biggest reasons is something I realized after the fact And that is the main reason I left Square was because I just did not enjoy living in Kitchener and I I needed the big city life. But what I realized later is I was actually getting really restless in my job there. And and this is no shame at all to to Square or the team there. They are the best people I've ever worked with. Um, But I kept getting pigeonholed into just being a developer. And that's what they hired me for. And that's fair. But I was looking to do so much more and I could do so much more because I've done that kind of stuff in the past. 
And early on, like when I first joined the company, I was given those opportunities because we were a much smaller team. Um, and then I think we like, I think we like tripled in size in like under two years or something, which is, which is huge. And I lost the ability to do some of those things the way that I was. And again, just kept getting pigeonholed into being a developer. And so after the fact, I realized what I was looking for was the ability to do more than just being a code monkey at the end of this, at the end of the cog or like at the bottom of the machine, not saying that's bad for anyone. If that's, if that's the area you like to be in, go for it. There are some amazing friends of mine that, that love coding, but I like, I love coding and I still do it today. I build my, my company like hype dogs. That's what I do. But the strategy behind it, the product management side of things, the interviewing customers, the coming up with ideas and things like that. Like I I was itching and craving to do all of that as well. And so I think that kind of stems back to my early childhood where I watched my dad launch and run multiple businesses. Mm. And so I've always been surrounded by that. And I always knew at some point I wanted to start my own thing. And then like in high school and university, I was in multiple clubs. So on top of school, I was always juggling multiple things and very, very good at that. And so I think that's that's sort of in the back of my mind. I always knew I was going to start my own thing. And the timing just came a lot earlier than I expected. I think my plan was around after five years of working for another business um, or for businesses, then I can make a pivot. So that's definitely one of the big ones. The other is actually kind of tied to the things you like talking about on your podcast, which is uh, my values and my purpose. Uh, so I did have a few job offers in hand and they were incredible offers. They were really great companies. Like I spoke to the teams, the team seemed amazing to work with as well. But I started doing a lot of like self-reflection on where do I want to be spending my time and what do I actually want to be building if I'm putting my heart and soul into it? Because that's what I do with anything I work on. And I realized like as amazing as these people are at the companies, and I know I'd learn a lot, they were working on stuff I wasn't passionate about or didn't line up with my values. So one of them was an ad tech company. I'm not a fan of ads in general. Like I think I think it's leading to a lot of issues that a lot of people are facing in different ways, like from a consumerism perspective. And then another business was in the sort of health tech space, but they were the part of the company that I would have been joining was just not compelling. Like it wasn't something that was actually like moving the dial on anything health related. And while both these offers, and I think I had a couple of others as well, both of these offers were amazing offers, like 60% salary increase from the previous job I had, as well as equity and, and a whole bunch of other benefits. They just didn't line up with what type of work I wanted to dedicate myself to. And that's the that's the reason I turned them down. I kept looking for other jobs, but because COVID hit, a lot of companies kind of paused hiring. And so some like two or three of the ones that I was really passionate about weren't hiring at, at, at that time. And then I um, got introduced to uh, the OnDeck Fellowship, um, as well as a couple of other organizations that are all about like helping young entrepreneurs or you know entrepreneurs starting for their first time. And I was like, you know what, this is something I've always wanted to explore. And if there's ever been an opportunity to do it, let's dive into it. And And that's sort of how I started down that path. I love that, that you, you know, utilized your passion and your values. And I heard like bits and pieces of what those are, but do you have an idea or statement of like what and clarity around your values and your passion? Yeah. So I I have this in my email signature. I also have this on my Twitter bio. I'm on a mission to build a better tomorrow. The reason I use the word build is because I'm a software engineer at heart and I want to find ways to build solutions that are sustainable. So not not a one-off, like I'm just going to go donate money and never think about it again. I want to figure out a system where we can help people in a much bigger way. And I think like even when I joined Microsoft, the reason I picked Microsoft over any of the other offers I had at the time was Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation and what they are doing. And I, you know, in some way I thought, maybe I can absorb some of that into me and, and I can be part of that story. Not quite how it works at Microsoft, um, but that was the idea. I ended up joining Square for similar reasons because the product I worked on, Cash App, was actually making sending money or like accessing money incredibly easy for underrepresented and underbanked folks. 
And I, I didn't even realize like how big of an impact it actually has in those communities until after I joined. Those are the reasons I joined those companies. And then as I sort of like started looking at other things I want to do, I, and especially at that pivotal moment, right, right as COVID started, I had to stay true to that. And I had to say, well, what is going to, what is going to help me stick to my passions? Um, and then also looking at where I want to be in five years, what is going to help me get to that point as well? Mm, I love that so much. And I love that it you keep it central to everything that you do. And I think in your description of why you didn't take those other job offers, it was very clear that that you use that as a filter and a standard and those didn't align within that. And that was how you can make those decisions. Yeah. And and I think it's, it's such a hard thing for anyone to do. Like even when you join a company, it could match everything that you want today. But I always tell people, and I, I hope everyone listening pays attention to this, put a reminder in your calendar every six months to reassess because your priorities might've shifted or your role at the company might've shifted. And if those aren't in alignment anymore, figure out what is in alignment to where you want to be. Like, because I've been holding that so true to who I am and what I do, it's it's helped me get to a place in my career where even if I'm not making hundreds of thousands of dollars, which I would be if I was still working as a developer, like the levels of happiness I have in the work that I'm doing and the passion I have for it are far better. And the amount of learning I've had on this journey as well has been like, I, I, you could not pay a school to teach me this kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, I love that advice. And I, I teach people through, um, through the podcast to check in at least, um, every quarter or so, but I love also the check back in with company alignment. Cause when I talk about it, it's usually like, you know, self-awareness, self-reflection, those kinds of things. But I think that going back to that company alignment is so critical and more than one time of year, more than like at the end of the year and your performance appraisal and all that kind of stuff. It's just so important to, to check back in. Yeah. And actually the, the kind of stuff you're talking about lends very heavily into like what we're building with hype docs around being mindful and checking in with yourself, but also reminding yourself of, of the victories that you've had. So maybe you hit a point in your career where you're like, what the heck am I doing here? And like, this doesn't, this doesn't map to any of the things I want to do. It doesn't mean you've wasted all of your time. You've still learned stuff. You've still grown. You've still, you know, achieved things that you possibly wouldn't have otherwise. Now let's help remind you of the positives and then funnel you into something that is more in alignment with what you want to achieve. I love this so much. Okay. So I want to get in a little bit more into that. Like, what have you been doing for the last three years? Tell me more about Hype Docs. What has that journey been like for you? Is it what you thought it was going to be when you made that pivotal decision to be able to not just code, but to do that and build strategy and, you know, do all of the things. Tell me more about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So when I first started uh, on the entrepreneurial path, I was actually trying to build something else. It's a company called, originally we called it Tawanga. We ran into some issues, so I I renamed it to Mido. And the idea or the purpose of that product was to help people manage their personal documents in a more private and secure way. Uh, So that that translates into a privacy-focused version of Dropbox for documents like your passport or um, ID that in today's world, we are sharing around constantly. And we have no way of tracking who has access to it. Um, so I actually designed and built out a mobile app, prototyped it, uh, got, got, a, got a functioning version. Like it is actually in the app store today if anyone wants to use it. Um, but I ultimately realized the B2C strategy I was using was not good for monetization without a lot of marketing dollars. And then the B2B strategy I'd want to pivot and build into, which I'd validated, and and there was actually some really good use cases for it, I'd pretty much have to recode everything from scratch. And I think that sort of hit me at a point where I just wasn't, like I'd lost some of the passion I had for the project. I, I still think it's a phenomenal idea, and maybe I'll revisit it in a few years. But I hadn't gotten the kind of reaction or response I'd wanted to. And so that kind of killed some of my mojo on it. And mm-hmm. I'd also, um, I'd, I'd gone through some health stuff as well for a few months. So I, I needed to just focus on one thing and take care of myself. And like, you know, we, we mentioned this before the call, but setting boundaries and ultimately ended up pivoting and swapping and focusing on Hype Docs. So I, for context, I started Hype Docs while I was running Mido as well. 
um, where Hype Docs was a, uh, quite literally, it was a side hustle project. Like I coded it up in, I think, three days, the first version uh, as a like weekend project just to get me, you know, just to get like the coding juices flowing. Um, launched it, got some paying customers on day one, was like, oh, crap, okay, I need to, <laughs> I need to make sure I actually manage and sustain this. And then um, without putting the, if, if I put the amount of effort I put into Mido, into Hype Docs, I'd be so much further along. But I don't want to think about like, you know, the what ifs or like the regrets or anything, because what I learned doing Mido has taught me so much that, and even with Hype Docs, that if I were to start or when, not even if, when I start my next company, I know I'd be so much better and so much stronger at how I do it. But yeah, diving into Hype Docs a little bit, the idea of Hype Docs started, um, was actually introduced to me when I was working at Square. So I had a manager his name's Alan. He was my manager for like three weeks because he was he was more just a transit manager while my actual manager was getting onboarded. Okay. Um, but in those three weeks, and he's still someone I talk to from time to time today, he introduced me to the concept of Hype Docs as a way for you to track all the work that you're doing on a Google Doc and use that as a sort of check-in system with your manager um, on a regular basis to just, you know, Keep track of the things you're working on, help combat some of that imposter syndrome that women face, uh, but also help with your self-evaluation that at Square we wrote once a year. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is such a thing. Like, so I have a career in in human resources. And so we would kind of train people to do similar things, like keep a record of all of the things, all of your accomplishments, whether that's accomplishments or even like this idea of a save all the good notes, like your encouragement file, right? Like save all the really great feedback that you've gotten, not only to combat imposter syndrome, to keep you like grounded and like, this is what I'm doing. This is the impact that I'm having, but then also very, um, tactically yeah. to remember to get credit for all of the stuff that you did throughout the whole year, because you have like, you know, a, you know, you get to write up a couple of paragraphs in those bullet points and whatever HRIS system you use. And a lot of people forget what they did. Exactly. And unfortunately for women and underrepresented folks, we generally are not good at selling ourselves or promoting the work that we've done. And like, there, there's so many layers to this. And so like, that's, that's how the idea was introduced to me. And my, my mind is very analytical and very apparently database based <laughs> And so that general like Google sheet or Google doc was not mm -hmm. sufficient for me because I would want more meta information than just a link or a, or a sentence describing what I did. And so I very quickly pivoted it into a Google spreadsheet where I had different columns. So like one was the date, one was the title or like the, the thing that I did, then I'd have links out. And then I also started tracking it towards the levels at Square. So I was like a level four. And if I wanted to get promoted to a level five, um, so like just the hierarchy and because I knew what the expectations were, I could actually track the work I was doing and then have that conversation with my manager and say, hey, these are the expectations you have of me to get me promoted. This is where I am. What am I missing? How can we build up to that? And so that's, that's sort of what I pivoted over to. And I just remember Alan came to me a few weeks later and he's just like, Hey, I see you haven't been updating your hype talk. You know, is everything okay? And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I just changed it to a spreadsheet and I sent him access to that. And like the, the fact that he checked in on me yeah. to see if he's updating or not, like that, that is an example of an incredible manager, an incredible ally, an incredible supporter. And like that, that's something he did, I think in like the sixth week I was working at this company and I've never forgotten it. And I've always, always valued working with him for it. Yeah. So we, that's that's sort of what I built as a spreadsheet. I ended up giving talks about the concept of Hype Docs for, I think during COVID, I must have given 20 talks. But even before that, I gave a lot of in-person. I, I spoke about it at conferences as well. Uh, people kept asking me for templates. So I created a simple, like, here's a Google spreadsheet. You can copy the link. And then during COVID, I just had a weekend where I was like, I miss doing this the way I was doing it at Square. Uh, we actually used to get a group of women together and we'd, we'd all do it together at like 1130 on Wednesdays. And I didn't have that anymore because I wasn't in a working setting. And so I was like, I just want to build this and see what I can make out of it. And basically turn that spreadsheet into the, like that spreadsheet was the V1 and Hype Docs, the first version of the website was, was like the next iteration. 
because I ran it as a side hustle for two years, I didn't put much more work into it other than coding the first version. And um, sort of October, November last year, I, I did a survey with people who were using it. And the sort of overwhelming feedback is something I could have said without the survey, but it's good to get that validation, which is we love the idea. We love the concept, but the website isn't engaging. Like it doesn't bring people back to it. And we, we only launched it as a web app. We didn't launch it as a mobile app or anything else. And I was like, that's fair. That's true. I, I forget to go back to it. And I'm the person who created it. Like that's a problem. <laughs> and um, so we started exploring at, you know, who are we trying to help with this? And how can we get it to be more engaging so that they're able to remember to go and update it? Because that's that's the key is like, if you can remember to update it and you can build that habit, you're good to go. Because as soon as it becomes a habit, you're not going to forget. You're going to keep going and updating it. And um, I'll be honest, <laughs> I started playing with coding a mobile app, got a fifth of the way there. And then I had a spark of genius. My, I call it my moment of genius, where I realized I want to be helping folks working at businesses, like women and underrepresented folks. Ideally, I build this as a product that helps everyone at the company. But by doing that, it levels the playing field so that women and underrepresented folks are actually getting a fighting chance at getting promotions and getting recognition for the work they're doing. What is a common tool everyone is using? Slack. And so we still have the web app up and running, and that's pivoting more into a dashboard view of all of your hypes. And um, as of last week, we actually launched a Slack app version. So you can install the Slack app to your community or your, you know, well, your Slack. So your team Slack, your community. Um, we have a school we're talking to that wants to integrate into a co-op system with them. And um, from there, everyone in that Slack is automatically added to HypeDocs. So they all have an account. They don't need to go and do anything else. And they can just use HypeDocs from Slack. And you just type slash hype, add hype. And that's where you can track the things you're working towards, do the same thing for goals. You can list them. And then from the engagement side, we send daily reminders saying, hey, remember that time you hiked a mountain? You're awesome. What are you doing today? Or three weeks ago, you created a goal to get 10 new customers on board. How's that going? And just being really, really careful and specific of reusing things that they've already submitted, but reminding them once a day or once every couple of days as a sort of endorphin hit like hey yeah. you're amazing what are you doing what are you up to and um so far the feedback we've gotten from the folks using our slack app it's, it's only been a week but um they they're pretty happy they're using it like i just checked our stats before and uh we were getting people using it daily which is amazing oh my goodness i there's so many so many things i love like some of these features so it's basically helping you remember and keep track of the goals that you set. So you input those. And then it also helps you remember all the things that you've accomplished, right? And so then when it comes to telling somebody about it or the mid-year end of year review, it's all in one place. And I love that you've, you've also put it where people already are, right? In Slack to be able, because every, everybody's in some kind of messaging system to be able to take away that barrier because there's so many things on all of our plates. But I love then the, the opposite of the nudge and the the reminder. It's almost like it's like your own hype squad somewhere else or a really great manager. If you have one, because not everybody does have a great manager, right? Not like that manager that you had even just for a couple of weeks to remind you and to just to give you that little, like you said, like that, you know, dopamine hit exactly. of, <laughs> of your wins. I love it. Well, we, we also have, um, you know, because my sort of mission statement with Hype Docs is I want to help people celebrate themselves and each other. And so anytime you add a hype or a goal, you can actually share that in your company's wins channel or whatever, whatever they call it. And that way, it's not just you that's seeing your hypes or your manager, but the whole company. And on smaller teams, it's great because as an engineer, I don't really know what the sales team are doing. But if they manage to land a massive customer, I want to celebrate that. Um, and on larger teams, it just brings back some of that community element that a lot of businesses are kind of missing, especially in the post-COVID hybrid-ish world that we're all working into. Yeah. 
Are you in a new role or transitioning to a new role soon? Have you thought about how you will transition into your new role intentionally? How do you create boundaries to sustain your energy and prioritize the things that matter most to you? How would it feel to go into your new role feeling prepared with an intentional plan to prioritize the most important things and still have energy to tackle the things that will inevitably come your way? These are the kinds of things that leaders are working on in the catch crew. The catch crew is our community to build your career intentionally, whether that means transitioning into a new role, building or reinforcing your team culture or planning your next role. When you join, you get instant access to career transition tools, including values first, the course, a video-based course that highlights the most important exercises from my book values first. You'll get the tools you need to build the life, career, and team culture that you want. Go to thecatchgroup.com slash catchcrew. That's thecatchgroup.com slash catchcrew. We're having our next monthly catch up soon. Can't wait to see you there. So celebrating yourself, I think is a, is a notion that I think, like you said, marginalized individuals and women aren't always doing, it feels uncomfortable. There's just so many things on their plates in terms of, um, how they have to show up at work, doing things over and above, like all of the things. So I love that this creates, it makes it a little bit easier to do that, to take some of that mental load off. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so excited by this and I'm, I'm trying to be so careful and intentional to make sure it matches my values. Um, but, you know, bringing it back to the women and underrepresented folks, it's actually giving them a chance to get recognized and get celebrated because they've been overlooked, but doing it in a way that doesn't alienate anyone. Um, mm-hmm. And so like one of the features that we, we are, we haven't implemented or like we haven't launched this yet, but it's on the docket is a, is a kudos system. So normally kudos systems, like the idea of it is amazing. It's pretty much what I, I say all the time, which is like celebrate people. But the way that it works at most companies is the people getting kudos are the loud person, the outgoing person that everybody knows. And the quieter folks, which are oftentimes women and underrepresented people, but it can be anyone. Like I don't want to, don't want to just narrow it to that group. Oftentimes they're overlooked or they don't get credit or they don't get kudos shout outs. And at companies, unfortunately, your promotions and your ability to climb the ladder is tied to things like kudos. And so we're looking at a very intentional way around building for that, where we're not we're not trying to get you to engage with a kudos system where you're only celebrating one person. Mm. Um, or, you know, similarly with the reward system, like a lot of reward systems are like, hey, tell these five people good things about themselves and we'll give you a $10 gift card. Uh, like that's not a great incentive strategy to get like our organic, truthful reactions or information about people. Um, and so instead we're baking it into Slack and we're saying, hey, as people post these hypes and wins and accomplishments, we can track that. And anytime you celebrate something or you like react to it, you comment on it. We can track those behind the scenes and we can, with the company, we can convert those into points, which could then turn into gifts or other things, but it's doing it in a way that it's building good organic behavior within the company rather than saying, Hey, on this other website that nobody uses, say a nice thing about an employee, like a coworker, and we'll give you a $10 gift card. Like that's not, that's not a good strategy. Yeah. And I think there's so many of those out there. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, I could name a couple just at organizations that I've worked at. They're like, we're rolling out this rewards and recognition program. And you have to have a separate login and a separate thing. And then don't forget to go there. You're like, good, good luck. Nobody goes <laughs> nobody's nobody's going to use it. Right. And then we're all su- surprised when it fails. Right. Yeah. It's like either nobody uses it or you end up with that employee, like the, the smart employees that realize, well, if we have to celebrate five people, I'm going to find five friends and we're going to celebrate each other. And they're really not doing anything other than getting the gift cards out of it, which, hey, I am all for a good hack on any system. But <laughs> like, believe me, I've got plenty that I do as well. But like, that's that's not building the behavior that, that the HR team wants to implement and things like that. And so that's, that's some of the stuff that I'm trying to be really careful and really intentional about as we keep building hype dogs. So as we think about how we can do this as 
a culture at an organization? What do you think needs to be in place in a culture? For me, it feels like this has to be in alignment with your values, right? So hopefully there's some way of um, connecting some of the things that you put in Hype Docs to values of the organization or a culture that this kind of software and behavioral shift will fit in better. Is there anything that you can tell us about like the cultures that you think with this solution would fit best in would be successful in most? Yeah, I think communities and cultures where they have a strong DEI representation or not even representation, but they, they prioritize it actively. Like maybe they have a lead, maybe they've set aside specific budget to make sure that they're growing that area. That's usually a good indicator for me to know that the company understands the values of what we are trying to bring into the company and because they also value it. So, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to overly promote Square here, but that's something I really appreciated about Square and, and saw an incredible way that they built up that entire system. And so I think that's sort of one of the leading indicators for me as I like vet out and figure out which companies should I go and invest right. my time in. I pretty much have told my team, um, you know, can you find the heads of people or heads of HR at companies, but ideally companies that have like either a head of people, because that shows you're putting emphasis on managing people or a head of um, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Because while I love working with HR folks, they're usually not the people that have capacity to or um, the ability to take on something like this. Like they, they probably will have to implement some of it, but they're not the ones that are going to, that I can convert into a yes without, you know, additional conversations. It's those good managers, right? At the end of the day, it's like a really good leader, a really good manager will kind of create the culture that something like this will flourish in, I think. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think it's having that open-mindedness because it's not like in the way I've built it, it's, it's not just for women and underrepresented folks. It's for everyone. Anyone and everyone could have that moment of imposter syndrome or that moment of self-doubt or not know how to write their self-evaluation. And everyone wants to be celebrated. We might not publicly say it, but we do. Uh, so yeah, it's it's just finding people that are open to the idea of wanting to be celebrated, wanting to support others, wanting to celebrate others, because that's another big part of this too. Yeah, I feel like this could be a game changer for managers. Like at first it's a person foremost, celebrate self. That's great. I love it. And I think it changes a ton of behaviors and it can help, you know, build careers and like you said, kind of help us celebrate the small things, the big things and keep that momentum. But I also like the idea of the benefits of how, how this will make me a better manager too. Just like the visibility to all the data. I'm like, just thinking about, oh my gosh, how amazing would that be? Yeah, that that's actually one area that I'm, I'm really excited to get businesses on board because I've clearly built this with the employees in mind as, as a former employee. And um, that's an area where I want to get businesses on board so we can figure out what data and what visualizations will actually help the managers and build out those dashboards for them. Yeah, I love that idea. I think it's as a manager of in multiple different companies, it is just you just don't know what you what your people are up to because you try like you have trust with them and you are building trust and you let them you give them and empower them. And like you said, some people are really great at sharing their wins and others just are not, you know, and especially in those communities that we've talked about, like, you know, I just assumed that like my work was going to speak for itself until I got into work and then realized that is not how it goes. But in school, that's kind of how we're taught and how we're rewarded. And so when then you get into the workplace, you're doing all this stuff. Um, And if you're not telling someone, and if it's not in your nature, then your manager may not ever know, right? Or they might know until too late. And so it just the fast pace of work and all of the things. Um, As an introvert, I love celebrating others' accomplishments. Like I could do that all day. It's just harder for me to do that for myself. And it's always been something that I'm learning to do better and every day, but, um, it's still something I struggle with and I have a career in HR. I know how to do that. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. So just as a, the lens of a manager, getting that visibility faster, being able to reward and recognize people 
I think is a huge thing. Another thing that I find, because I teach, I do a lot of work with companies um, to teach first-time managers and then also managers of managers. And so a lot of the things that I see, they're not giving, they, they give feedback for performance or to get better, but they're not giving, like feedback in general is just hard to do. So they, so they don't do it. And what I really find is that they're not giving positive feedback. They're not like, giving that positive reinforcement on the things that they want to see. And if they are, they're like, good job in that meeting. I was just talking to my class about this. I teach a graduate class and we're talking about how really important it is to be very specific about not just good job, but like, why, why was the presentation good? Was the presentation good because you engaged the audience, you got their feedback, you had a pretty presentation deck, like what, what about it was good. Right. And so something like this feels like just very tangible way to behaviorally shift the way not only employees, but also how managers can then give that feedback and reinforcing behaviors so that they repeat those behaviors over and over again. Yeah, exactly. And and one of the things that I didn't even touch on earlier, but is so related to what you're talking about as an employee at the company, ideally, I'm talking to my manager and trying to understand what are my goals, what aligns with the company, but what are my goals outside of that? And how can myself and my manager create a path for me where either I'm able to succeed with those here at the company, or we realize maybe this isn't the right fit. And potentially I move on to something that is and the company is able to find someone that's a better fit for what they need obviously not saying you should like call me straight away but like if I'm passionate about design and I'm currently hired as a developer I'm unhappy you're not getting the best work and so going back to talking about the manager view and the manager lens if we are able to do as well and I hope we are with Hive Dogs uh, you can you as a manager would then be able to go and create those goals and create that path and make sure they map to the company values, but also the individual employees values as well. And that way, the the employee can go and add those to Hype Dogs or add them to whatever tool you want to use. I obviously recommend Hype Dogs. And then you can track all the accomplishments and wins that you're making towards it. So uh, the way it's designed right now is when you go and look at any of the goals you're working towards, you see all of the hypes that you've done that are related to that goal. It's not yeah. just the goal. So it's like, hey, get 10 new customers. Well, any phone call that you set up, any customer you win within that 10 customer group, any follow-ups, any you know, ter- um, material or assets you create for it, that's all now part of this package. And that gives the manager so much more visibility into what they're doing without micromanaging. Because that's that's something that I don't think anybody likes this micromanagement either. Right. Absolutely. I'm trying to think of like all these other use cases. I love this so much. This idea <laughs> of reinforcing and nudging and reminding i if i were using hype docs in my organization as a manager i would want to incentivize and celebrate boundaries and like my mind is just like going a mile a minute now just thinking about oh my gosh this would be so cool if like as a team you had a goal of you know these are my values these are my boundaries right and then you got to you got to say in Slack when you celebrated your boundary and then other people got to see that. And then being able to model that as a leader for your team went on vacation and didn't bring my laptop. Like that's a big deal. Like let's celebrate that. And then I can get a reminder. Hey, remember you did this X, Y, Z goal. And maybe it has nothing to do with work. Maybe it is, I hiked this thing or I did this, whatever. And then it just motivates you and reminds you of all of the stuff that you've done. And so I just the um, the premise of it is just so exciting to me when, when you bring in even just quote unquote non-work activities, I guess. But I love this idea of the incentivization of like boundaries or accountabilities of culture and of values at work too. And transparency as well. Yeah, yeah. Accountability and transparency are two of our big, big, big words that we're using for this. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're you're getting the vision. Like it's I love it. Oh my I, gosh. I, I always it's it's been so interesting building this because like my background is software engineering and coding and like very logical. 
And now I'm focused on sales and trying to get people to understand and buy into this. And because we have so many different people we're trying to pitch it to in terms of like, like our ICP or individual customer persona, you have the person we're trying to sell it to at the company. And that's the head of people, head of HR, CEO or CFO, like one of the four. And then you have the person using the tool and then you have the manager of that person. And the values or the benefits we bring each of them is so different. And so it's always so interesting to see how I talk about it. Because if I say the wrong thing to the wrong person, or like if I say the business pitch to the employee, like they're not going to care or vice versa. And so yeah. it's it's always nice when it's just a much more casual chat and we can talk about it from a value basis and like the benefits we can provide in general without having that sort of, you know, well, what is the ROI for the company? And like the biggest ROI is retention. If you have happy employees, if you have employees working towards their goals, their values, who like their managers, because I've left companies in the past because I did not like my manager. Yeah, um, that's a real yeah, thing. It's yeah. a real thing. <laughs> then you're going to keep the best employees and those employees are going to be happier. They're going to be more engaged. They're going to be more productive. And guess what? Your bottom line will increase as well. Yeah, I would imagine that the companies that you're going to be most successful in already have pretty great cultures anyway. I think they do. And they're probably looking to having an edge on like, how can we make our, they're probably a learning culture, a growth mindset culture. They're probably experiment with new things and have pretty intact values, but they might be missing like the accountability piece. They might be trying to get to have their managers be even better managers Um, Because I don't know if like somebody that doesn't have that really great culture yet would even be ready for something like this potentially. And so, and that's the kind of people I love to work with too. It's like, okay, we know our culture, but how do we hold people accountable to it? Like we're asking different questions than we would as if we're, okay, well, we're having all these problems and like indicators are, you know. We don't have a diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy or plan or this or that. And so some of those indicators that you already talked about before totally make sense um, because the the places that this is going to work in, um, they already have like a really great foundation in their culture. And and what I'm finding is, you know, the, the HR tech space is great. Like it's busy. There's There's a lot of really great competition out there. But I think one of the things that really sets us apart, like Hype Docs compared to the others, is most of those other platforms were designed pre-pandemic when it was all about company goals, company OKRs, top down. Whereas what we're what we're building, and it's not because of COVID, like this concept of Hype Docs existed before that, but it's it's that bottoms up approach. And it's that approach of, well, what do the employees need? And how can you how can you keep them and help them grow and get better and build at your company and turn them into great managers and turn them managers into even better you know people at the company, and I think that's one of the things that's really setting us aside. That and the fact that we're fully embedded into Slack, so you don't yeah. have to go to a third party thing. Like every time I mention that to an HR professional, they're just like, "Thank you." Yeah, and I and I think you said a lot right there in terms of you're meeting the employee where they are at work and in life, right? Yeah. It's um it's holistic, and we want to bring that into work, right? I want to celebrate all of your accomplishments. You are a whole human, and if I think the more we acknowledge that. And it's not about work and life or this fake balance that we're people are striving for. It's like, hey, recognize I'm a whole person. I bring in all these experiences. You know, I'm making this up. But the fact that I'm training for a marathon is actually really like linked to the kind of person I am and how you might motivate me at work too. I am not training for a marathon. That was just an example. I'm training for a marathon, but it's a TV show marathon. (laughs) Hey, I like that too. So, so yeah, just that connection to let's celebrate who you are. Let's get better at getting you to celebrate you too, so that you bring that into the, the world of work and all of your really great ideas for not only your career, but for the company. And let's just get people to be better managers too. Like all of it. I love it. Yay. I'm so, so happy. <laughs> well, thank, Oh my goodness. I have loved this conversation so much. I love when, you know, leaders understand how to do this, but then are scaling it. Right. 
And so this is like the sweet spot. I knew this was going to be a fun conversation, but I've just really loved our time together today. Likewise, likewise. I, I did mention to you, I love chatting and I think we're going to take more than half an hour on this. And I think we did. So, I yeah. love it. Well, how can we um, stay connected to you and what's the best way to use Hype Docs if we're interested? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, all the places. My username, my personal username is Ashni Sha. So A-A-S-H-N-I-S-S-H-A-H. Um, and then similar with Hype Docs, it's H-Y-P-E-D-O-C-S-C-O. And um, if you if you want to sign up for Hype Docs, the web platform, you can do that from our website directly. But if you want to try out the Slack piece, uh, just shoot me a message on any of the things. Like we even have a contact form on the website. Cool. Um, and I'm more than happy to get you like where we're still in beta testing right now. So we're looking for a few more businesses to join that. Um, but if you're not a business and you just want to try it out for yourself, I'm in the process of setting a Slack group up for folks that want to use it. Uh, so yeah, definitely reach out, get in touch. Um, I'm I'm desperately looking for feedback on this because like I mentioned a few times, I want to be really intentional with how we build it and make sure it's actually helpful and not just another tool, HR buys that doesn't get used. Uh, so please, please get in touch. Even if you've got, like you've heard our conversation and you have an idea or you have a suggestion or you're like, what the heck, this doesn't make sense. Like, let me know. I'm I'm all for criticism as well. I love it. And we'll link all of that in our show notes for this episode too. I just want to thank you so much for sharing your career story and your values and your passion. I've just really enjoyed getting to know you. Likewise. I hope this is not the only time we get to chat either. <laughs> oh, we'll definitely be chatting again. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks everyone. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.